Welcome to the Hope Frontier Podcast. Hope Frontier is a multimedia platform that dives deep into the Bible, helping you connect God's Word to your life. Check us out on our YouTube channel and HopeFrontier.com. To support our channel, please subscribe and go to our giving page on HopeFrontier.com. Step into your new frontier with hope. Hi, everybody. This is Phil, and welcome back to the Hope Frontier podcast. And I'm excited to share with you today as we jump into the Old Testament and take a look at Numbers 14. So before we get into Numbers 14, we're actually going to do a little bit in Numbers 13. And I really wanted to pick this story as well as number 16 because in our life, we're going to experience times when we doubt God and we challenge God and You know, God really wants to work with us, and when God is trying to partner with us to do something big for his kingdom, we have to be flexible and we have to be trusting in him with faith. And in these two stories, in 14 and 16, we can see the people really did not have that, even as God did miracle after miracle for the people. And we're going to see in this example how it's really important for the people of Israel to follow God because You know, God is going to use them for more than just their lives. They're the example to the entire planet. And so we're going to get started. We'll just start in verse 30 of Numbers 13. And this is when uh, the 12 spies have been sent out from Moses to inspect the promised land. And they came back. So this is verse 30. Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the land, uh, among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants, the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. We'll stop there and just set up the story for where we're at. So if you remember, God brought them out of Egypt, and he was bringing them into the promised land. Now, why is God doing that? Because God is going to show all the people of the world his character, his heart, his strength, his power. And so to do this, he's going to use the Israelite people. So in the Old Testament, God looks and evaluates the Israelite people very sternly because he has a mission. God is going to bless the entire planet and he's going to use the Israelite people to do it. So they have a very special duty that the other nations don't have. God has specifically chosen the Israelites to display his character and display him as the almighty God greater than the gods of their neighbors. So it's a really big responsibility. And so when the people aren't going to listen to God, it's not just stopping them, but it's also hurting all the non-believers around them. And this is why God is going to get so angry with them throughout the whole Old Testament is because it's bigger than just them. All the people in the world are suffering because they cannot see God's goodness. They can't understand the heart and grace of God. 
They're separated from him and they cannot return to him because of the Israelites' behaviors and actions. And the fact that they don't want to go back into the land is a really big deal because then God cannot work through these people to show everybody his grace and his love. And on top of that, it's not just they don't want to do it, but it's the opposite. They're spreading negative bad reports. They're basically trashing God's plan amongst all the chosen people of Israel. So it's not just that they're not doing it, but they're doing the opposite. They are smashing God's name to all the people around them. And that is a really big deal because God's name is sacred and holy. And that is that name is really what is going to drive all the nations into repentance and then connection with him again, just like he designed it to be at the beginning of the Bible. And also, we see here that God is bringing them back into the promised land so he can defeat the giants that are there. Now, these giants were descendants of Nephilim, who were the offspring of the sons of God, which were these spiritual defectors. So we have here spiritual warfare. God is going to reclaim his holy land from the invaders, those spiritual forces that decided to rebel against God, destroy all humanity, and then corrupt it with these giants. So the fact that the Israelites are refusing to go up against this, it is limiting and stopping God from reclaiming his territory through their own actions. So, it's a really big deal, right? Now, let's keep going the story. 14, verse 1. The whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones would be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. This weeping aloud and crying is actually the same exact wordage that Hagar used when Ishmael was about to die when she got thrown out into the wilderness. So it's more than just complaining. It is an intense, bitter complaint against Moses and Aaron. Well, and of course, God too, because God is the one that is leading Moses and Aaron. So they want to just go back to their lives of bondage, go back to their lives of servitude forever because they don't want to trust God. So for us in our lives, it can be scary and terrifying to trust God because God always wants to take us out of our comfort zone and lead us into something bigger and better than we think we can do. But in order to do that, we must trust God. And at times, that is terrifying. So for these people, they want to go back to the safety of their old life instead of stepping into the future of their new life. So for many people, it's really hard to break free of addiction because it's comfortable. That feeling of of security, that feeling where at least I know that this is good for me. And that is a hard thing for people to break free of. That's why we have to show people just the goodness and the strength Jesus gives us to step forward into our new future. 
So verse 5, Moses and Aaron fell face down to the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing. They said to all the people, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. We'll stop right there. So Joshua and Caleb understood the strength and power of God. Joshua and Caleb had saw that the Lord had done miracle after miracle, defeating the gods of Egypt. So they thought, and rightly so, that if God is bringing us here, and if God wants us to defeat the gods of this nation, and defeat the spiritual forces that are controlling the land, God is the one who's going to give us the strength. God is the one who's going to defeat their gods, and thus give us victory in our battle. Because for the people here, and honestly, just like in our life, there is more than just the physical aspect of what's going on. Our world is physical as well as spiritual. And this is exactly how Joshua and Caleb saw it. They didn't get stuck on the fact that these giants were monstrous and huge and could crush them. What they saw was that their weak gods were not able to protect them against the mighty power of the God of the Bible. And when God moves, there is nothing that can protect those people, just like those gods of Egypt were actually useless against the God of the Bible. So the key thing for Joshua and Caleb is to focus on the fact that God has continuously walked through them step by step and that he is going to do what he promised to do. Because by looking at the miracles that God has done, those 10 plagues to get them out of Egypt and then leading them through the Red Sea and then providing the manna and doing more and more miracles, God is showing the people consistently that I am with you, I'm going to help you, and I will see that you are victorious. So when we face a problem, we cannot get stuck on the physical. We have to look at the spiritual and see what is the problem. Then we can fight spiritually as well as physically. Now, not with our hands and fists, right? But fighting in the physical realm. So maybe that for us could be breaking free of addiction or stopping sexual sin or, or even for some of us trying to get a new job in case God wants to bless us through our current financial difficulties. But the reaction of the people was to stone Joshua and Caleb. Their reaction was to kill them because they did not want to trust God. They were scared. And a lot of times we get scared at life. But our reaction cannot be to destroy what God has put in front of us. Because then we are not going to step forward into what he has for us. So verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them. I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. 
then I will make you into a greater nation and mightier than they are. But Moses objected. What will the Egyptians think when they hear about it? He asked the Lord. They will know full well the power you displayed in rescuing your people from Egypt. Now, if you destroy them, the Egyptians will send a report to the inhabitants of this land who have already heard that you live among your people. They know, Lord, that you appear to your people face to face and that your pillar of cloud hovers over them. They know that you go before them in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Now, if you slaughter all these people with a single blow, the nations who have heard you in fame will say, the Lord was not able to bring them into the land he swore to them, so he killed them in the wilderness. The Lord told Moses, I cannot work with these people. I'm going to start over, and I'm going to use you to start over. And honestly, that's tempting because so many times these people have tried to kill Moses, kick him out, and do a bunch of nasty things to him. But Moses understands the real heart of God and wants the whole world to see God the way he sees God. And that is an amazing aspect that we have to keep hold to when we're facing challenges. Because when we're facing difficulties, we are not the only ones who are going to see the glory of God. Just like Moses said, the people of Egypt and the people of this land and the neighboring peoples, look and see who you are and your character. And by the way that you act, that's going to inform their impression about this God, Yahweh, that the Israelites worship. We even know that many Egyptians came with the Israelites when they left Egypt. So the Egyptian people had seen the character and heart of God and decided they wanted that as their God. So the fact that Moses understood the real heart of God and knows what the real mission was, he was able to focus and continue to move the people forward despite their complaints. So for us, for you, for me, for everybody around us, when we face challenges, when we face discouragement and we want to quit, we can't forget that God is going to show your life to all the people around you so that they can see God's glorious hand and actually worship him more than ever could have been done if he didn't go through that hardship. Now, I know it doesn't sound so great, right? Honestly, I don't like to go through hardship so someone else can see God's glory. But we have to understand, just like the Israelites have to understand, this is about God's kingdom, not just their personal life. God is expanding his kingdom. He's using us to do so because we are his chosen children. And we reflect God's goodness and reflect God's glory to all the people around us. And this is one way that God has chosen to reveal his character to the whole world. Is through us. So Moses in verse 18 really is emphasizing God's good heart and good character. He says, The Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion, but he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sin of the parents upon the children, the entire family is affected, even the children of the third and fourth generations. In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, Please pardon the sins of the people, just as you've forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. So that's what Moses says. And the heart of God 
it's really the same from Old and New Testament because God doesn't change. So it really bugs me when people say, oh, the God of the Old Testament was a different God, and they changed the gods as they, as they developed their community. No, he's always been full of love and grace. That has been God. Jesus came down, so he's able to interact with people human to human, but God has always been the same. I mean, if you look in the book of Revelation, Jesus judges everybody, right? So when Jesus was on earth, his mission was not to judge the planet. His mission was to bring forgiveness and reclaim the planet against the forces of evil. That was Jesus's mission. And that's what God is showing here. God is showing the entire world his heart and his character. But God does not excuse the guilty. He is still the God of justice because that would not make him fair. So, you know, this is the one truth about our life. And even as Christians, if you screw up and you do sins, you have to live with the consequences. Yes, God can forgive you, but there are still consequences that you have to live out. And that is what happens here in the story. So God actually rewards Caleb in verse 24. He says, My servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others. He's been loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. So God is full of grace towards this man, Caleb, who is faithful. But for the people who were not faithful, the people who were going against his mission, which is to bring blessing and goodness to all the nations around them, he can't work with them. And he says in verse 28, Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who's 20 years old or older and included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions is Caleb and Joshua. You said your children be carried off as plunder? Well, I'll bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you've despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in the wilderness. So the very words of the people, God is taking that and honoring their decision. They are so negative, and they're saying they're going to die. Well, God says, okay, if you don't want to trust me, you will have it your way. You can have exactly what you have proclaimed from the words of your mouth. But those things about your children, I won't let that happen because I still care for your nation. And this is really a powerful thing for Christians, especially Christians, is when we're claiming things that are so dangerous. Oh, I can never break free of this addiction or I can never be successful in this area. I can never have a job where I can make an impact upon the nation. No matter what it is, we have to be careful that we're not going against the will of God. If God is bringing you somewhere and God is, and God is calling you for something important, you cannot say and be against it because God will allow you to live out what you said. When I was doing the ministry, I was working with some people who were addicted to pornography and they just told me flat out, well, I can't break free because I like it so much and I get lonely and it makes me feel good. Well, if that's your attitude, God will never help you because you don't want it to be different. 
So for us Christians, we really have to make sure that our mind is set on what God is going to do instead of where we're at today. Yeah, it can be hard. It can be bumpy along the way. But God is still going to lead us step by step into our promised land too. So in verse 36, the 10 men Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with the plague before the Lord. So this is where God was saying to the people, I am justice. I will bring justice upon those who do good and who do bad. Now God was so hard with these 10 people because they poisoned the entire community into not moving forward with God's plan. The fact that these 10 men were doing everything they could to go against God, to go against showing all the nations the strength and power of God, that was just destroying the future possibility of all these nations worshiping God together. And that is horrible thing to do and God can't have that. So God had to strike them dead with a plague. Now, sadly, I wish that their reaction was different. I wish that they wouldn't have despised God. But when you are intentionally speaking against the Holy Spirit and intentionally trying to ruin the plans of God, that is a serious thing. We know in the New Testament, Jesus said that anyone who despises the Holy Spirit is an unforgivable sin, right? This going against God's kingdom intentionally and using God's name to even do that is such a horrible thing to do because it makes the image of God look trash to all those who need hope and forgiveness in the world. So God is very serious with that. And this is why it just pains me if I see Christians in our world today who just don't uphold the very heart and character of God. So we have a very important role, you and I. We are reflecting God's heart, reflecting his character, so that other people can get saved. Just being us, being good imaging reflectors of God is going to allow other people to see God's, God's heart. And through our life, we're able to impact the whole world. That's an amazing blessing that we have. So what was the people's reaction? Verse 39, When Moses reported the Lord's word to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. They knew they screwed up. But here's the problem. They didn't want to involve God or Moses still. In verse 40, they got up early next morning and went to the top of the range of hills. Let's go, they said. We realize we sinned, but now we're ready to enter the land the Lord has promised us. But Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go up into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. When you face the Amalekites and Canaanites in battle, you will be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. Now, when we have to live out our consequences for our actions, God is serious about that. We can't just go off, do whatever we want, sinning, 
not trusting in the Lord, and expect that there will be no problems. This is why it's really important that we continue to read the Bible, pray, and seek Him as much as we can in our life. Because we don't want to live with this regret. Because this regret is going to bring us pain in our life. So these people think that now it's okay. I told God I'm sorry. So it's all right. I can just go forward and then just do what God had originally asked me to do. Well, it doesn't work that way. God has abandoned them in this mission only. And they will not win because his his spirit is not there. Now God is still their God. But in this situation, God will not fight for them. In verse 44, the people defiantly pushed ahead toward the hill country, even though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant left the camp. Then the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in those hills came down, attacked them, and chased them as far back as Hormah. And that's the end of chapter 14. They claimed forgiveness. But yet, in their actions, we can see that's not the case at all. If they were serious about reconnecting with him, they would listen. But they're not listening. And this is why it's so important for us that we have to be sincere when we apologize and ask for forgiveness for the sins that we commit. Nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. We all sin sometimes, sure. But when we ask for forgiveness for God, we have to be willing to listen to him and be serious about following him. And the people of Israel once again showed that they are not serious and showed they do not trust God in any way, shape, or form. So, in this story, one thing that was a success for Caleb and Joshua was they looked at how God had acted in their lives displaying his power and faithfulness, and they use that to apply it to their future situations. So, for us, as we listen to the podcast, let's keep looking at what God has done in our past. Because the way that God acts in our past, he's actually leading us step by step into where he wants us to go with his strength. Let's see the spiritual battle behind our current fight, Pray into that and believe that God is going to be with us and strengthening us. We'll see in number 16 how he will continue to fail. So get ready for that, okay? Thank you guys for listening today so much. And we'll see you next time on the Hope Frontier Podcast.